I'm excited to pretend like I'm not excited, but in actuality, I'm excited. I know you are, you fucking idiot. This is like Angel and Airways <laughs> all over again. <laughs> Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! Stereo. Sound just like him. Just <laughs> like him. All right, well, this is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into a different album from a different band. We break it down. We do a ton of research. Uh, so you don't have to. And, uh, and so you can just sit back, relax, enjoy our beautiful voices because we're the best. So while you're listening, because I know you have nothing better to do, uh, give us five stars on Spotify, on uh, Apple Podcasts. Tell all your friends. And uh, all the social media is at Asinine Radio. We have a Discord server if you want to join that. Hit us up. We'll send you the link. And we have a phone number you can call. Uh, leave us a voicemail. Shoot us a text. That phone number is 503-893-5307. So get into that. And uh, that's all I got on the intro. So what are we doing today, Jeff? We are doing Chumbawamba in their album uh, Tub Number. Chumbawamba formed in 1982 in Burnley, England by Lou Watts on vocals, Dan Burt Nobacon 
on vocals and guitar, Boss Wally on guitar, Midge on drums, and Tommy on bass. They put out 14 full-length records, two EPs, four compilations, and two live albums. But that one we're doing today is their most popular record. It is Tub Thumper, and it is the band's eighth record. It was released September 1st, 1997. It features Lou Watts on vocals, Dan Burt Novacon on vocals, Paul Greco on bass, Boff Wally on guitar, Harry Hamer on drums, Alice Nutter on vocals, Jude Abbott on trumpet, Dunstan Bruce on vocals and percussion, and Neil Ferguson on the keyboards and guitar. Jesus, calm down. Quite, uh, quite a band. So, uh, so yeah, Jeff, what is your uh, what's your origin story with the Chumbawambas? What do you got? So, I I had I had this album in in sixth grade, and I remember grade sitting. School. This is my this is my anecdote here. In sixth grade, I was bringing um, CD inserts to read in class because I didn't, I just wasn't paying attention. I guess I don't know, but it was math class. I missed Stutz. Was her name was Stutz, and I remember because. I had the Chumbawamba insert inside the textbook, you know, reading the textbook like I'm fucking reading the textbook. Okay, come on. But <laughs> she she caught me. She caught me. She walked over and she grabbed the textbook, this big old fat book by its spine, and held it over my desk, like her arm extended, palm down with the spine underneath it, and like shook the thing, expecting the CD insert to fall. And it didn't. I yeah. wedged it in there so good. That it did not fall, and like that was that it's was so one of the that's one of the better moments of my of my child in life. I I, I got one over <laughs> on her pretty good, and then she she kind of gave me that look of like, I know you fucked up. I didn't get you this time, but I'm gonna get you next time. Gave my book back, and then I continued <laughs> to read the uh, the insert, and I liked this album for many many years. And then I just got rid of my CD collection at some point, and then forgot about this album, aside from, you know, tub thumping. And listening to it this week reminded me of, yeah, I did like a lot of these songs. Like, cause they are pretty goddamn good outside of just Tub Thumping, which I do think is good. Um, but yeah, that's my, that's my origin story. So I don't know, sixth grade, we were like 10 or 11, right? Yeah. Six, I, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. We were like 10 or 11. Yeah. Yeah. All right. My, uh, my, my origin story isn't like that. It was, it was more listening to the radio a lot with my friends in the neighborhood. Cause we were always outside, you know, fucking trespassing, climbing trees, throwing fruit at cars and doing just stupid shit. But we always had a radio around. So we always had a, had a radio playing, whether it was Kiss FM or K-Rock or whatever it was. And, and I remember this song came on and we were all like, what the hell? Like we were all, the group, I think it was like four of us and we just never heard anything like it. And we were obsessed with it. We recorded it onto a little cassette tape from the radio so we could listen to it just on on repeat and that's what we did and that we were just absolutely obsessed with this song and i never had the cd i know a friend of mine did and i listened to it and i hated it so i never bought it never ever bought it never listened to it again Mm. until this week and uh yeah that's my origin story is is the same time i think it was like (sighs) had to have been in the summer maybe late late summer that we heard that song for the first time on the radio and just being hooked, being absolutely hooked to it. But yeah, that, that that's my origin story with it. So not nothing too exciting. Just being a kid, a stupid kid, 
you know, causing yeah. mischief in the neighborhood. Sure. That's but, what we did. Yeah, that's what we did. But uh, yeah, so let's give our initial thoughts on this record, Tump Thumper, from the Chumbawambas. What do so you got? Like, we we even put this on the list because somebody that that I feel like we both at least semi respect and and their musical taste, but but John from Punk News always talks yeah. so highly of this band, and I like his taste in music. I like the way he looks at music. He he takes. I mean, it's it's impossible to have like an objective approach, but he he does take other things into consideration other than just. You know, Tom Traumas, I'm a punk guy. I only like punk music. Oh a little bit God. more. He's not like that diverse. at all, but that's okay. Yes, he is. That's, that's okay. exactly how no. I fucking like it. At the oh, see, here. You, you don't listen to okay. his podcast. I've listened so to him like, not like that. 50 to 100 times on punk news, and that's exactly how he he's, was. Maybe, maybe he changed no. afterwards. I don't know. That's he's possible. not like that. Trust me, he's not. He's not like okay. that. Okay, well, he only listened to punk music, but that's fine. <laughs> so, yeah, that was it was because of John from Punk News. That's why we even add this to the uh. list. And uh, this was this was one hell of a week. It was fucking long. There were parts oh of this God. week that were pretty brutal, just because I just didn't like care. I just didn't care. But um, <sighs> yeah. it sounds pretty good. It sounds pretty good. This album is is uh, sounds pretty good. This album's pretty solid. <laughs> I like it. It's pretty diverse. There's a lot of things going on here, and it opens with tub thumping. Like that's the opener to the album. I know. I that's, know. It's good stuffs. And just to kind of put it into perspective, we listened to 14 Chumbawamba records in a week. That's a lot of Chumbawamba. Plus I mean, this that's a lot of, at least that's three a lot of times. Band. Yeah, I listened to this, this album three times. So that that's a lot of music in general with for one band. But to do it with this band, wow, it was, it was tough. It was definitely tough at moments. But I ended up really liking some of their music. Some of their albums are fucking solid. Especially the early stuff, and I agree with you. Like John Gentile he, from Punk News, he, um, I had never really given Chumbawamba a second thought until he, listening to that podcast and and uh, wanting to give them another chance, and we finally did it. And I was, I really, I mean, honestly, Jeff, I did not want to do this. <laughs> like you have no idea how much I was dreading this this listen through. Like to the point where I kept, I, I don't know if you noticed this, but at the beginning of the week, I kept asking you, are you sure you want to do this? I kept, I said like, I listened to the first couple yeah, records, did. which I didn't, which which I didn't listen to yet, but I just did not want to do this. And I just wanted to, <laughs> I just wanted you to say, let's just do something else. But you fucking, you said, we're going to do it. So we did. It was, it was rough. It was, I just, I just had no idea what to expect because it's been so many decades and I've listened to this album and like all that we know of Chumbawamba is they are respected in many circles of music and tub thumping. Like that's it. Yeah. It's like it's like the one of the most pop songs from the nineties, yet they're so loved by like the punk community. And I've tub never thumping, understood that. Tub thumping is the greatest jock jam of all time. Like, that's yeah, it's it. up there. It's definitely that up is, there. That is fucking fact. Remember Jock Jams? Yes, I do. That oh compilation? Yeah, dude. The Tub Thumping was yes. the greatest Jock Jam of all time. Wow, that is a, such a dumb compilation. Dude, Jock Jams, come on. That was put out <laughs> by like fucking ESPN, too. Oh, my God. It's terrible. It's terrible. Jock Jams. 
anyway, let, let's let's kind of like get into uh, into the song "Tub Thumping," the opener. The opener. Oh, there, there, there's a lot to get into because this band was pretty uh, pretty complex. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so so let, let's get into this song, then we'll get into some of the history, and then get into a few more songs. So f- go for one, there. this is this is my three B. Uh, okay. I like this song a lot. I think it's I think it's fantastic. Like nostalgia aside, I do think it's a good song. And then I came across that that Frosty, Heidi, and Frank series that they do, where they invite this other guy to come on and kind of dissect songs that are popular yeah. and kind of like overlooked or taken for granted. And this was already a banger for me, but when he started going into it, I kind of realized, like, holy shit, this song is even better than I thought it was, musically speaking. Like, this is way more complex than I ever imagined, and I'm actually yeah. really impressed by this song because of that. <laughs> I know. Because he, he had, like, all of the, um, the uh, what, is, what is it called, the, the stems? The isolated tracks. And, yeah, all yeah. the isolated tracks, yeah. So he, I mean, he played he played each isolated track, and he was like, "If you notice, this part shouldn't sound like this. It should be synced up together." But they decided not to sync up the bass with the drums. Yeah. So it gives it this weird kind of. I don't know. I can't even. Sense. I can't even think of the right word. Yeah, it, that, it doesn't make the, sense. That was the biggest takeaway for me was the how the bass line doesn't it doesn't drop when you think it's going to drop when you listen to music modern music that it's just supposed to be melodic. You think like, okay, this is where it's supposed to hit. This is where the bass is hit. This is where the snare hits. But it just it just doesn't. It just doesn't, yeah. and the bass just kind of goes off on its own. And they're playing like two completely different songs, but they find each other at the end. And mm-hmm. then like the synth comes in. The synth kind of pairs up with the drums nicely. But that kind of, I don't know, that kind of uneasiness makes for like a really good song. It makes for something that's that's fun to listen to because you don't know why it's good there's a little there's a little part of this song where you're like wow there's something about this song that i just really fucking love like that's it and the song shouldn't make sense because the song have the song has no transitions it jumps from one part to the next it's it's very very choppy there's there's no build-up to anything in the song which is so weird and it's weird why how this song became so popular I I don't I don't get it. Well, I mean I do get it because it is very catchy. But so this is not know. this is not a banger for you, obviously. Oh, this is my one B. Whoa! Yeah, come on, dude. Are you serious? Wow! This is the best song. This is this is like one of the catchiest songs of all time. Don't wow. be stupid. Every every wow. part of this song is catchy. Every every verse and chorus in this has its own level of catchiness. Come on, don't be silly. Don't be and silly. I, and I haven't even listened to this song in like just so many years, and yeah, that that beginning part when it's like I thought the music mattered, <laughs> like I knew all I the lyrics to that part too, and I just I loved I singing too. it, and I waited for the swell in, and I, I was it was it was jock jams ninety seven all over again, I was all on it, <laughs> all on it, Fucking and that guy, jams. the guy, I mean I didn't know till this week, but the guy that the voice is is Pete Postlewaite, who yeah. if you see his face like you fucking know who he is. But he's—I I know him as the preacher from the Romeo plus Juliet movie. Oh my god! Which came out the same year that the movie the quote was taken from. So okay, that's interesting. He's yeah, in that's cool. In the same year. Yeah. Have you seen the movie that he's in? That this sampled? No, it sounds fucking dumb. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't even read the synopsis. It's called. It's called Brass Off, and it's about like a brass marching band of some sort. Uh-huh. Don't care. 
The big takeaway, though, is that uh, it was 96. Yeah, 96. And then uh, it stars Ewan McGregor, young oh, Obi-Wan. Okay. Or younger Obi-Wan, I guess. Yeah, much younger Obi-Wan. Well, not much younger. I guess it was only, what, two, three years before Phantom Menace? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not that much younger. Um. All right, yeah, tub, tub thumper. Yeah, wait, yeah. No, tub thumping. Sorry. Tub thumping. Dude, and the acoustic guitar tone, I, I love it. I think it's fucking crisp. I think you can yeah. hear all of like the, the nuance of the acoustic guitar. You can hear like the pick hitting the strings. You can hear everything on it. But it's not it's not an acoustic track. So you don't yeah, hear yeah. too much. It's just enough. And it it was cool cuz when when uh the guy was breaking the song down, you know, you know, uh isolated track by isolated track and he played um he played I don't remember exactly what part, but you can hear them like stomping in the background to keep in time yeah. while they're singing. And, but you 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 would never hear it in the in the full mix of the song. But when it's isolated like that, you could totally fucking hear it. That, so that was pretty cool. And uh, what I also like, too, about this entire record, really, is just how cool the trumpet is. Because the trumpet comes in at the perfect moments. Like, it's not, it doesn't oversaturate itself in any of the songs. It's just so perfectly placed uh, through various parts of, it, of almost every song. And, and this, is, this is one of those songs. It's perfect. It accompanies the vocals so well. I love it. The trumpet is very, very smooth. And there's been times over their career where the trumpets, they've, they've gone for like the blown out Pharaoh Sanders thing, or, or they've yeah. gone for a very, very subtle, almost like bugle-like trumpet sound. But this one's just very smooth. It also has to do with a lot of the verb that's that they're adding to this and in the mix. I mean, there's, the yeah, song yeah. is essentially just a ton of fucking verb. and But that's it's nice, and I, I like it. I I dig, I dig. I do too. I, I I really do too. And this is one of the songs on the record. I think this is like one of the lyrically. This is one of the the songs that doesn't really have much of a deep meaning. I think this is one of the goofiest songs lyrically. I mean, it really just comes down to them going to the pub after a successful day of protesting, which in itself sounds so silly. But <laughs> it's, it's them going to the pub, getting fucking pissed drunk, and just you know singing and and just carrying on which is cool i mean it's it's really fun and exciting but yeah when it, when it comes to the rest of the lyrics for that this band writes it's it's the most superficial out of them all i think i think like this song is supposed to be a joke like they transferred to a major label they are now sellouts mm-hmm. and they write this song that's a fucking joke like this is so out of line from everything they've ever done in like deliberately so, and even so much so that at the end of it, like they can't just they they just couldn't let this song be like too radio friendly. They had to add something to the end of it. So now we have like thirty to forty five seconds of that that weird bit at the end of it. Oh yeah, that makes no sense. Doesn't follow the the song structure at all. It's just thrown on there for I don't even know why. But this this song <laughs> is almost like a like a joke song, and it just it just so happened to to make them all of their money. Yeah, but I will say almost every track on this record has a has an outro that doesn't belong. Like you could you could easily shave off maybe oh, probably ten minutes of this record just because of the pointless outros. Some of the outros are cool, but yeah, they're cool, but I, they I don't, don't make. I mean, I don't understand. You have why a song that's already that. four minutes long, and you're adding an extra minute to to the song for no reason. 
And, and yeah, like, like what's the purpose for why? But like, we're not flipping yeah. radio stations here. We're not listening to like songs for the deaf. This is not some concept album. So why are you yeah. throwing things on the end of it that just don't make any sense? Yeah, I, I, that that's really one of the the few negative things I have to say about this record is are the are the pointless outros, and all on almost every track. But but yeah, so they just kind of bringing it back a little bit. They this is the first record signed to EMI, which were a um, which was a, a major label, and I guess in 1988 or something like that, they wrote a song called "Fuck EMI," and just talking about you know they're, they're very they're they're considered anarchists for whatever that's worth. It's kind of a silly term in itself, but um, yeah. So so they wrote that song "Fuck EMI," then they signed with EMI. They got a bunch of backlash from the punk community, and their excuse was pretty much well. If you can't, what, what's the, what's this what's this the slogan? If you can't beat them, join them. That's kind of what it, what that was their excuse. Yeah, and you know he, they pretty much said like every record label that you'll you'll ever be on is for a capitalist is for a capitalist reason. So it's just like might as well make some money, and they did. They made a lot of money, and apparently they did donate a lot of it to different causes and and gave a lot of it away. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's ever been confirmed. And there were multiple times where they were offered money for for usage of their songs in, in various media outlets, and they said nah. But then mm-hmm. one time they they leased one of their songs, I guess, to GM, General Motors, yeah, the car company, and they paid them I don't know, like a couple hundred thousand dollars or something. And they were like, yeah, that's fine. You you could use our song, and then took that money, and then donated all of it to a campaign that's essentially smearing GM. And <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> like these guys, like I don't I believe all the stories I read about them I just believe because to their last album they are still fucking the police. You know what I mean? They're still kind of like yeah. thumbing their nose at like the high end society. To their last for 30 fucking years they've been doing it. Yeah, they never really let up lyrically at least. And they're always like compared to Crass, which which is irritating because my my introduction to Crass was some obnoxious fucking manager that I had at, at Blockbuster, who actually wore <laughs> Crass fucking jackets to work that looked like shit. And, and she was always, "Oh, Crass, you're so fucking good." And I listened to them then, didn't like them. I listened to Crass again this week. Fucking cannot stand that shit. Cannot <laughs> stand Crass. I don't think I've ever heard a Crass song. I mean, I oh know my of them. God. Maybe, but. Yeah, I don't think I've oh ever heard that music. Oh my god! You should honestly, when you edit this or whatever, take a break, throw some on. <laughs> oh, trash music. I mean, I know some people who love them, but I've never, never. Fucking idiots! They are idiots. Don't listen to them. They are dum dums. <laughs> like half the people listening probably love Crash. Yeah, they're all fucking. Just call them all idiots. I don't care. Half <laughs> the people are stupid. That means the other half are actually really intelligent because they don't listen to Crash. What the video? Do you Love like it. the video for this? I hate the video for this. No, the the video is stupid. I yeah, I can't I, stand it because I don't like the way he stares at the fucking camera, and it makes me yeah, uncomfortable watching. It's him. creepy. It's like he's watching me. I just I don't like it. I hate it. I've always hated it. It's weird. <laughs> it's uncomfortable. <laughs> it's true though. A lot of bright colors too. It's very nineties though. It's very very nineties of that the late nineties. I did like read the, that the high contrast and all, but what? That like the uh, the inspiration for this was was their neighbor, who who would come home from the from the pubs from the pubs, 
Oh and, yeah, yeah. And like fall over in his lawn, all fucking drunk and shit. And and that was kind of like the inspiration. They they see him getting back up constantly, and that was kind of like, oh wow. <laughs> Even though like the human spirit is 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 you know is is relentless. Like we get up constantly, and so there is there is some kind of of complexity to the song, but nothing compared to what they do best, and that's writing kind of like cool songs based on like societal issues. This one mm-hmm. was just uh, like a drunk dude, and they're kind of like, oh, wow, he just keeps fucking getting up, doesn't he? And probably laughing and giggling. <laughs> That's true, yeah. All right. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like we've touched upon everything musically in the song. Jock jams. And l- like we said, it's not an overly complicated song, but it is very good, and it's very, very catchy. But I'm ready to move on if you are. Let's move on, baby boy. All right, let's uh so then what's your what's your one B? The good ship lifestyle. The good ship lifestyle. On wow. the good ship lifestyle, yo. It's that's really good. That that's actually my four B. That's so good. what you got on this one. It's a little a little low. Did you also know that in I mean, I don't remember my, if my C D had it because I don't have it anymore. It's been a long time, but in the original CDs, the 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 jacket, I guess. Is that what you call the the insert? The jacket? The booklet. I would the call booklet, it a booklet. The, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. The the C D booklet. There was all these quotes. So like for each of these songs, there was there was maybe like ten to fifteen quotes that ranged from like one sentence to, you know, three paragraphs that mm-hmm. would kind of coincide what is kind of being portrayed in the song. So for instance, like the good ship lifestyle, I, I think this song is about them. Like they're selling out to a big label, like they know what they're fucking doing. But there's like good and bad to it, right? Because you can just reach a broader audience and still keep true to your roots, which they did, and they mm-hmm. continue to do so. But like the the quotes, oftentimes were were reflective of whatever the lyrics were about. And I thought that was kind of cool. Like reading some okay. of the quotes were were fun, you know, said by famous people in history. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's, yeah, I don't so, know. This song's money, dude. Just like I don't know. This is like this reminded me of some sort of like like Zoolander house band. That's what this song reminded like sounded like. As soon as I heard it, I said, "Oh, dude! If there was a house band in Zoolander when they're doing their walk, their, like their their runway walk, you know, with the mag- yeah, with yeah. Magnum when he turns, like this is this is the song that'd be playing in the background. <laughs> I love the drop into the chorus here. I like the way. Oh, I like, love he, that. Yeah, he shouts his lines. It's very good dance pop stuff. I love it. And there's like this cool guitar slide that goes into the chorus. Like, what are you even doing? What are you even doing with your life? This is it's like two different songs, but somehow they 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 match up perfectly. I mean, the the I I kind of think I was it Danbert the the guy who does the the male vocals. I think yeah, that's the I think Danbert. Dan, Dan yeah, he his vocals in the uh, in the in the verses. Are almost like rallying cries there because he's shouting them. He's not like, it's like he's trying to get people pumped up or trying to get them like to storm like a building or something like that or storm the yeah. Capitol or some shit like that. And then the chorus is hit and it, it double times, you know, it's much faster. It's, I wouldn't say like a punk song, but I don't know. Just it's, it's, it's more song should not make sense. Yeah. It's yeah. way more exciting. And just the, the, the electronic beat during the uh pretty much the entire song 
it's really good. Like it, it's very techno sounding of the ni- like nineties techno, but it's solid and and some great synth and some cool soundscapes in this song. This is this is a fucking killer song. I love this song. Like like Tub Thumper is a is a or Tub Thumping is a fantastic song. It's it's an untouchable jock jam. It is something that yeah. that is beloved by so many people all over the world. But this song, more than anything else in their entire discography, really got me like, wow, that was fucking good. Like I was almost exhausted <laughs> yeah. after listening to it because I just thought this was so damn good. Yeah, there were a few songs that really kind of, uh, you know, really, I was taken aback by because I just I did not expect that they they were taking weird left turns that most bands wouldn't wouldn't really take. And it was it was exciting. I mean, honestly, this entire listen through or this entire listen through of this record was exciting. And uh, I just can't believe how much I I ended up liking this record because I was like I said at the beginning, I was not I was not wanting to do this record at all. This is like I was this is one of the few records I I've never really felt this way doing the podcast where I did not want to do this record. You could have vetoed. I vetoed the BTS week. I know. I know. But I'm still saving the veto. For something else, there's got to be something else I can beat. Or maybe John Denver at some point. I don't know. Oh, John Denver's so good. <laughs> um, but no, otherwise, no. The song, the song is fucking killer, and this song is great. So let's play a little bit of the song, then we'll jump into the lyrics, and then uh, go from there. Sound good? Yes, sir. Okay, so here it is: the good ship lifestyle from Chumbawamba. There you go. The good ship lifestyle from Chumbawamba. Let's jump into the lyrics because the lyrics, I feel, go so well with the actual music. It's a really well-written song. So what do you got? 
I, I again, I think it's about them. I think it's about them selling out. Like they're like the whole like I'm going nowhere thing is them going nowhere, and the good ship lifestyle is this this metaphorical being where they are now signing to a major label, so now they can make money to not live in a squat. They don't have to like share apartments, share flats. They can actually be comfortable being musicians and make a living for it, but still like preach the same songs. That I I like that interpretation because a lot of people believe that that this song is about um, the the hypocrisy of politicians, how they they tell you how to live, but they don't they don't practice what they preach, and in turn that just leads to like a sad life for them. And this, to me at least, this song kind of shows that in a way in that the the verses are very much like them kind of screwing everybody over and and just kind of telling them how to feel. And then the chorus comes in and then everything's good and happy and it's them just kind of being on top of the world. And then everything starts to like crash down around them. I, no, I don't know. That doesn't make much sense what I'm saying. I should just delete that last part I just said because now that I'm really kind of looking at the lyrics again, it doesn't make any sense. Can't delete it. Yeah. I guess, I guess well, never mind. I, I don't know. This, this, I mean, really, there were several songs on this record where people say it's about one thing and then I read about it and I just, I cannot, it's hard for me to make those connections. For sure. So I'm just, there's, there's I'm, one I'm really, I'm for sure that I think it's just fucking gibberish completely and people are crazy. Yeah. So I, I'm trying really hard with, with this album. So. But this one, like, I, I, I really do think it's about them because there's a lot of like I, right? He says I elect me, the captain. There's a lot of he's talking about himself. And he's, and then yeah. the same in the same yeah. one, he's this is the loneliest voyage I've ever been on because now he's like the band has ostracized themselves from the the anarcho punk community, and now they're yeah. signing with a major label, so they don't know what they're giving in for. They didn't know this is going to blow up to that extent for for decades to come that was going to define a decade almost like tub thumping uh, like tub thumping uh, the, the macarena like there's there's a few songs that like define <laughs> a decade and it really did like help define a fucking decade and they had no they had no idea that it's going to do that it's had that kind of lasting impact and so i think You're this right. is yeah. this is a song about them like jumping ship going from from uh, the diy punk movement to signing to a major label and that's where the whole, like, I'm going nowhere thing, it's the one part of it. Like, oh, I'm going nowhere. This sucks. We should not have abandoned mm-hmm. our friends, our family, our lifestyle. But then, like, but this is the good ship lifestyle. Like, but this is kind of nice. Like, we we can now pay our rent and, and, and live and live nicely and eat, you know, three meals a day and not have to <laughs> worry about money. So, yeah. you know. I, I like that interpretation a lot. I, I think it makes it makes perfect sense. So I'll stick with your interpretation. It's better. I think it's better than what other people uh, claim it is. Claim it's about. But yeah, because they stupid. They is. They is stupid. All right. Uh, so should we move on from this song? What do you think? Yeah, your one B was uh, tub thumping. I thought that it music was. mattered. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's such a, like a perfect intro too. Oh man! All right. So then, what's your what's your two B? Amnesia, man. Amnesia. Really? Okay. This All is right. honestly this is another great jock jam. This 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 is one that I have not heard like since I was in fucking sixth grade. Like I have not heard this song since then. And when I listened to it, I was like, holy fucking shit. 
this is why I like this album so much because this song is amazing. This song is almost as good as Tub Thumping. It is so goddamn good. This reminds me of going to the skating rink, which I went to the skating rink a lot, like in middle school. And this is the music that they play. Like this era of '90s techno, it was just, it was just pure fun. I mean, the hits, the hits. It was pure fun. I don't, I don't remember this song at all, but I do really like it. This is, this is my five B. Uh, it is a little repetitive, just like you know Tub Thumper is, um, which is fine. It, it, it's totally cool. They they have a few songs like that on this record that are that are pretty repetitive. But I mean, it's pop music. I mean, th- this record for the most part is a pop record, uh, with some extra you know more rock oriented instruments. But it's straight up pop, and there's yeah. always repetition in pop. So, um. But the uh, you know the, the chorus itself is is catchy like we were saying and the guitars are are pretty loud and they match they I mean they blend really well with with the the very melodic vocals and the electronic beat which they fucking killed on this record as well they they they're really good using with using the electronics so I don't know man I I think this is a killer song and of course the trumpet the trumpet <laughs> perfectly placed not overdone. It's it's solid, man. It's really really solid. So mm. I don't know. That's mm. what I got on this mm. one. The, the bass is so fun. I love how the it verses is, yeah. have just like the bass part, and then it builds on that, and then adds like the guitar, adds the synth sounds, and it's just it, it's this whole band is just about layering and like building. And this one specific, this album is about building to like a drop because it's very pop focused and then in pop music you always have like a drop in dance music and and techno music electronic music you have a drop a lot of these songs are building to a drop whereas like their folk music was building just to a a a really strong vocal harmony chorus like this one is building to drops and that's what's happening and i love it yeah i I would i would agree with you totally agree with you but i uh, kind of on a side note too did you kind of notice how this record, the first half of the record was more, more, more like pulp, pulp, pop alternative, and then the second half was like way, way more electronic. Yeah, like they oh, they, yeah, they took sure. that. There wasn't really a transition between the first and second half. It just jumped to the that electronic stuff. And by the time I got to the, that electronic stuff, I was super, super stoked on it. To have that to have that many bangers that late in the record was super, super solid. There were there were several songs in the second half that I was like, okay, this is like a, another Cindy Lauper type electronic song, and I didn't, I, I wasn't too crazy about them, but some of them were good. Okay, all right, that's fair. But I don't know. Should we play a little bit of bit of Amnesia? Get into the yeah. we're, we're kind of flying through these. We are flying cool. through these. Surprise! So here it is, Amnesia from Chumbawamba.
There we go, Amnesia from Chumbawamba. Man, it is so pop rock. <laughs> the guitar, the guitar playing is so pop rock. I love it. And I read there was some I don't remember who it was, but what some critic said that it sounds like like they're like the rock version of the Spice Girls, and this song is sounds a lot like the Spice Girls. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> that vocal melody is very Spice Girls, but it's great. I love it. Spice Girls were cool, man. They had some great songs. I don't, I don't know this th- this this song is, man. This song is good. I honestly think this song is better than Tub Thumping. I just think it has a little bit more to it. I I get into a little bit more. Maybe I just haven't Maybe heard it a thousand times like I have Tub Thumping. I think that's what it is. Cause, I mean, I I honestly don't care if I ever hear that song again whoa but you can't deny how great of a song it is and how catchy and how significant it is i that's really why it's my 1b because it is really that good but yeah i wouldn't care if i ever heard it again i can just see like a sea of people in the crowd with their arms up and like their arms are waving like left to right while their head is going the opposite way so you like (laughs) you take your hands up and you put them to the left, and your head goes to the right. You know what I mean? You go back and yeah, forth. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And the way she says, I don't remember. I don't remember. Like, oh, that's angelic. Beautiful. She had, she does have a really good voice. She really God does. damn, was good. All right. Uh, so what do you got lyrically on this one? Uh, these guys were not fans of, of Tony Blair. Like in, no, in, they uh, were not. In any way. But I think I think this is a dig at, at politicians and like their empty promises. I like the joke mm-hmm. of, of reaching for the glued penny, right? Because yeah, we've had a lot of fun history with with glued pennies at the mall. <laughs> but like being like a penny being next to worthless, but it's still shiny and it's still worth something. Much like the promises of politicians, they're fucking next to worthless, but there's still a little bit of something there. But yet we get burned every fucking time with their shit. And uh, the chorus is kind of aggressive here. They're asking if, if like me, like like they're kind of like taking the approach of like, are you fucking dumb? Like, do you not remember? Like, did you forget what happened last time? Like, I do you have short term memory loss, and like that's why we are stupid and vote for the same politicians every fucking time because we are dumb. Yeah, and it's not the first time they they even talk about this on this record, talking about how people continue to to vote and elect for these shady politicians who have never fulfilled any any one of their promises but yeah. it's just I, I mean i agree i have nothing really more to add to what you said lyrically because that's that's really what it is and man they fucking hate they hate the labor party i mean i i don't know <laughs> no. much about about um politics in england especially at this time but it, to me it sounds like the labor party is like the Republican Party here in the states. That's what it sounds like. But I think I think their main two parties are the Labor Party and the Conservative Party. Is the other is one? It? See, I don't know. I, I I really don't know. I mean, Skip, yeah. we'll have to chime in on this because I mean, what? It, I know he. I know Skip hates the current Prime Minister of of England. Oh, Gary Busey. <laughs> yeah, Gary. <laughs> Oh my god, what is his fucking name? 
I don't know. Oh, looks, yeah, I, I can't Gary even think Busey. right now. He looks fucking yeah, like no, Gary Busey. He, now that you said Gary Busey, I can't get it out of my my head. Um, no, but he's part of the Tory party. That's what it is. That's what he is. Tory party. But now who? Boris Johnson. That's a stupid name. Yeah. Gary Busey, Boris Johnson, same person. But yeah, these guys hated the Labor Party because they were yeah. lied to constantly. And they, they, I guess like the dock workers and the dock workers union in Liverpool were promised one thing, completely screwed over by the party. And uh, yeah, I guess it was a big thing back in the 90s. Probably, probably butchering a lot of, of, of England's politics here, but I think the labor, the new Labor Party under Tony Blair, like took away power from the union workers and gave it to people that have no business having power over the union workers. I, th- I oh, think, okay. I think that's what's happening, or what happened. Give more power to like the corporations, maybe, just to like like owners of of factories. Because yeah, that that Liverpool strike, which they they one of the songs here is a, is kind of about, but I think I think that's why everybody I'm not everybody that's why people oppose Tony Blair and his new I think he called it the New Labor the New Labor Party or something. Okay, it's just a different style geared towards diminishing power of the unions in England. Mm-hmm. Not too sure. Yeah, see, I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not too not not too hip on my on my on my UK. Uh, politics <laughs> it's true we, we have a, we have a lot to deal with over here it's hard to keep up with elsewhere it is I but know. i mean skip might might chime in even justin i mean justin's very i mean fuck that's his whole his whole thing is history so he probably knows a lot too so we will p- both but, probably scold us in the discord how <laughs> inept know. we are about talking politics you know neither of them will call us idiots but they both have their own subtle ways of demeaning Correct. us yes absolutely especially justin justin's really good at at making you feel stupid in a very subtle way skip does it too but not to the extent that justin does um <laughs> but yeah i could see that happening from both of them to us toward us so good. it's great well they should yeah fuck them i guess right yeah fuck them both who um, cares <laughs> our only <laughs> listeners um <laughs> nah just kidding anyway uh do we have anything left on amnesia Nah, that's it. That's all. How many? How many bangers do you have total? I have eight bangers. Oh wow! I've Believe seven not, bangers. Yeah. yeah, I have no stinkers. Um, just some okay's, but yeah, eight bangers. Okay, not okay. bad. Yeah, for twelve songs, right? Twelve songs. So, that was your two B was amnesia. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. So, my two B is uh, Mary Mary. Mary Mary. Mary Mary. Later in the record. Uh, this is a much more industrial sounding song, reminiscent of Nine Inch Nails, maybe a little bit of Ministry. Uh, that synth line though, that plays through the verses. God, it's so red. It drives so fucking hard. It's the best part of the entire album. I was blown away by that. It's so simple. It's so fucking simple. I love it so much. And then, you know, there's some big guitars that come in. The trumpet, once again, killing it again. <laughs> the subtle the subtlety of the trumpet. And it's fucking beyond catchy. But it's that fucking synth line. What what does this say for you banger wise? This is my four B. I, I agree. I think okay. that synth that synth drives not just this song, but this is later in the album. Like this is already after I mean, we've had a couple for me, I've had a couple okay songs before this. 
And so we're kind mm-hmm. of getting into like the last part of the album. So we need something that's going to pick up something that's going to be super rad, but also still kind of like deep lyrically. And this, this like yeah. checks all boxes of what a perfect track that would sit in this sequencing of the album should be. I agree, man. I, I, I can't get over this. I have playlisted the song as well. This is a, Ooh. this might be a beyond banger. Oh, it's that good. It's that good. Blown away by it. Wow. So I'm, I'm going to play a little bit of Mary Mary. We'll get into some more of the music and then uh, the lyrics and everything like that. So, so here it is. Uh, Mary Mary from Chumbawamba. Mary full of grace. The Lord is with you. <laughs> hearing it again it might be a bit might be the bass player it might not even be a synth i don't think any any bass parts in this are actually like a bass i think it's all oh it's all like bass on like a like a keyboard or something yeah i i I think it's all electronic i i I don't think there's actually any kind of live bass playing on this i just don't yeah that could be it could be but this could be the bass player laying down a line or, or coming up with a line. I don't know. But regardless, I think it's electronic. But fuck, it's so good. It is good. It's fucking amazing. It's, it's unreal. Boom, boom, boom. It's, it's, it's kind of basic too. That's all like, Damn, all, all the best dance songs are always like way more basic than <laughs> you ever could imagine. They're just so oh, dumbed down true. and silly. And even the, the, the drum beat too is is so '90s techno, house. I guess wait, house is the the proper term for it. I call it. All, it's all techno, bro. It's all. I mean, it, it is all, all techno. techno. Yeah. It's all techno. But, ooh, man, that is that is quite the song, and it's kind of cool because it starts out with um, like her doing. It almost sounds like the Hail Mary prayer, uh, but I, I think that's what uh, it's supposed to be. Like like yeah, building around it, this song is, is what it's supposed to be. Yeah, but it's not the actual prayer. At least I don't think it is. I have to look at the lyrics again. 
but um but no it's uh it's really cool and you you don't expect it to go that way because it, you think it's going to be this like big choral like choir thing that's going to happen but no it just drops right into that that beat man it fucking it's fucking good i love that song yeah the so, song's fucking great because there's like a soft part and a hard part to the song there's there's two kind yeah. of like differing notes that are happening and like lyrically it fits because i think this is a song is about like her or, or women in general owning their lifestyles and not conforming to to old-timey christian ideals and thus plays yeah. into like the mary theme and that's why when the chorus hits and it's it's whatever happened to mary it's you know it's like a differing opinion like like whatever happened to mary like what how, how did she turn bad but then like why just because she likes you know sex drugs and rock and roll like why does it make her bad and that's what mm-hmm. the kind of the chorus is, is giving us the impression of these old-timey christian ideals if you don't fit you know exposition you are bad yeah I you're like right. i like it too and and i mean just kind of piggyback off that it's her just talking about the prude society that was england of the time which it still kind of is, but I mean, especially back in the the eighties and early nineties, England was was very much you know conservative from a you know a social aspect, and um, yeah, it's just pretty much her saying I don't care what people say or think about me, and I think calling the song Mary, calling herself Mary, and everything like that was really was a good cut to Christianity because you know Mer- Mary is always considered you know she's the she's a, she was a virgin but yet she still had a child you know what i mean and i think it's a good you know kind of you know slap in the face to christian saying you know she she was not a virgin like you're not gonna have a child unless you're getting she had a husband joseph was her husband like this exactly this is something that we like this is not even like made fun of enough in 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 (laughs) society is the fact that like mary was not a fucking virgin like come on guys i know i know i know but so I, I like that they called it Mary Mary and they did the play on the Hail Mary prayer. But poor yeah, Joseph. I know. He kind of got the shit into the stick, huh? He did. Because we, I mean, Catholics kind of do pray to Joseph, but more so the Virgin Mary than Joseph. But his, but his wife cheats on him, has a baby. You know, the baby grows <laughs> up to be semi important. And he's kind of left there thinking, like, that's probably not even my kid. So that yeah. sucks. Yeah, it's true. It's true. All right. So, do we have anything left on Mary Mary? <laughs> nah. All right. So, actually, before we jump into another song, let's get in t- get into uh, some of the controversial things that Alice Nutter <laughs> said said in interviews. So, there's two big things that she said. I guess we could each take one of them. Um, what do, what do you want to? take on first. just you 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 pick liquor you chose so you you chose no you have All not right, chosen so let's let's get into so i i want to start with the uh the, the album stealing because i thought that was that was entertaining so she uh she she was on uh politically incorrect i think that was bill maher's show in the 90s right if well, i'm not mistaken know. didn't didn't he do politically incorrect like on hbo or something or showtime in the 90s but anyway she was she was on that that u.s show and um and she she said flat out on the show like for any fans who who don't have enough money or can afford to buy the record just go steal it we don't care 
and in turn it became this huge thing and virgin records and all these other big record store chains either stopped selling the record or they were put the record behind the counter so people could not steal it and this is one of the things that led to this is like the major thing that led them to be dropped from emi after this right like shortly after this record came out because of what alice said in that specific interview and then she's like it was taken out of context this and that and I'm like dude you know what the fuck you were doing it was not of taken course. out of context don't don't try to you know play the victim here <laughs> your whole the whole own band's it. fucking yeah. own it <laughs> that, that that part was annoying because you know she's flat out lying but yeah whatever fucking system of down owned it who cares own it yeah it's true it's true. So that that was the first thing, and then uh, the other thing was I don't know. You want you want to get into that? What's what's the other thing? The the cop killer one. Oh yeah, <laughs> she pretty much said like, what, what did she say? Like she wants all cops to, or she says like cops deserve to die or something like that. I, I don't know if it was deserve or they deserve. She said something. I don't. I can't. I don't have it pulled up. Here. Now I can't even. Now I now I can't even remember what it was. But it was. I, I was hoping that it you was, would remember because I couldn't. It was specific, but it wasn't. But it still danced around. I want cops dead. That type of thing. But she yeah, didn't say yeah. those exact words, so she could backpedal a little bit. But barely. Though. Again, again, like why not just fucking own it? Because yeah, yeah. Like this is still freedom of speech, right? You can still say whatever you want to say in theory. But how the public perceives what you said is 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 how successful you'll be as a band, as a person, whatever. And so, like going back to to the stealing the record thing, when she backpedaled and started saying things like, "Well, corporations steal all the time, but nobody ever complains about that," mm. and it was like, "Okay, well, like who the fuck cares?" And like Virgin Records were one of the early advocates of of Chumbawamba carrying their records early, early on, way before Tub Thumper came out. And and they and and they were kind of like, why the fuck would you do this to us? Like we've been a supporter of you since day one, and like that is kind of fucked up. That's kind of annoying and irritating. Yeah. But then like the the going back to the other album too that I don't can't remember what it was, but when they talked about how they want these politicians and listed names of these politicians that want to die in a plane crash. Yeah, and, and, I think um, then, one of them was Ali McBeal, right? From what I read, the like not even like a I I don't even I, a fictional fuck. lawyer. Yeah, for, from the show, that which didn't make sense to me. I, it might have just been like a uh, something that somebody wrote randomly on on Wikipedia, but yeah, it was like Ali McBeal was listed as one of those names. So I don't know if that was like figuratively or I don't hmm. know. I I like the idea. Well, then there was that other that other controversy too, where they dumped water on that politician. Yeah, that's right. At the right some music award in Britain. They, I don't, I can't remember the fucking who it was. It I, was some. I don't remember either. John Prescott, that's who it was. John Prescott. It was, it was the the Brit Awards, and mm-hmm. it's just his fucking like, God, the guy. Like, there's pictures taken after he gets the water bucket dumped on him. He's, <laughs> he looks like shit. But it's, it's just like that's so cool, right? Like that is yeah, so I mean, fucking cool, man. That is like such that's such badass like civil disobedience. I love that shit because. You're not really harming anybody. Yeah, it's kind of assault, but like if the guy pressed charges and and, and you know tries to execute to the full extent of the law, he's gonna look like a little bitch anyway. I think. So it's just, I think in some ways it's more disrespectful the way that they did it to that politician than if they were to actually like 
violently assault the guy. Absolutely. This because is... he looks like a fool. He was he was taken, he looks like a fool, but he wasn't actually injured. <laughs> so I think it's a little bit more disrespectful that way, and I, I like that. I do this, like that. This is a more subdued, like, tarring and feathering of politicians. Yeah. And, and like, we, I mean, we as a society should bring back tarring and feathering anyway, because... <laughs> Some of these people are just just rob and rape and pillage to the point where they just they need to get their skin all fucked up with tar, hot tar, because that's just no joke. You're pouring hot tar in somebody, like you get burns all over your body. You get burns. Yes. I think I think that would that would be filed under cruel and unusual punishment. That's mayhem. You're maiming somebody. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you are. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, but that's awesome. I I like that. I like that. T- or uh, Chumbawamba since day one have just been like fuck the police since day one. Yeah, they really have. That's unbelievable. And and they don't it's not just like through lyrics, it's not just through that. Like they donate money. They they involve themselves in, in like issues and and whatever the, the, the word is for like Kickstarters, but like being a part of of something new where people are now as politics change you know, the protesting changes and then they're, they've been a part of it for 30 years. Like they've been on the ground floor for 30 years doing their part. It is impressive. It is impressive. I mean, yeah, they sold out to an extent, like we said, but for the most part, they, they kept to their, uh, to their views. So good on them. Yeah, but like the only song in this album that doesn't really have to do with any kind of fucking of authority is (laughs) the tub thumper. What's your... 3B, oh, it was Tub Thumper, right? 3B is Tub Thumper, yeah. Tub Thumping. Or, no, yeah, Tub Thumping, yeah. Why, okay. I don't know why that's so confusing. Because, because, like, it doesn't even matter. Because you could just say Tub Thump, and then that's fine. But you know, we, yeah, every, everyone know. knows. Yeah. All right, my uh, my 3B then is Scapegoat. Another Scapegoat. The la- the, really the last song. It's uh, my 7B. Official release. There you go. So this is another heavily techno-driven song. Oh, great dance song. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It doesn't have as much kick as some of the other more techno-driven songs, but dude, it's still it's still fantastic. And that chorus, man, she ah, dude, she's so good. And it, I think the reason, one reason why I like it so much is because it does. This is the only song on the record that really reminds me of Aqua, because it really is that that Euro dance pop style. I dig it, man. I totally dig it. <laughs> it's straight up that. Like, th- there's really nothing more complex than that. It's, it's pure pop. I, I agree. I I, I think this it. is an, a crazy easy beat. There's heavy instrumentals here, and that's all you need. Like, you don't need a yeah. lot of fluff to create just a great dance song. And this song's a fucking banger. I love this song. I mean, I don't. I don't really have much more to say about it because there's. It's not. It's not an overly complicated song, so fuck it. I'm going to play a little bit of Scapegoat already that quickly. Play that fucking track, right? So here it is uh, from Chumbawamba.
There you go, scapegoat. It's from Chumbawamba. But yeah, like, like I said, this is like, to me, it's like an aqua song. Uh, heavier guitars, obviously, but it's killer. And another thing I kind of realized on listening to it just now, some parts remind me like it could be in some 90s computer hacker movie or something like that. <laughs> like maybe like an like maybe the first Mission Impossible, like if Tom Cruise is going to go hack some computer, this is the kind of song that would play or fuck, I don't know. Any or any any like movie, the movie hackers like, or the movie hackers, yeah. I wanted to try to avoid the obvious, but uh yeah, totally. That's that beat, you know, reminds me of that. It's killer stuff. <laughs> but uh yeah, I don't know. What, what do you got lyrically on this one? <laughs> Hackers was so good. I love that movie. What Hackers? Yeah. Oh, it's it's fucking great. Terrible, killer, but it's great. Killer cast too. Just a lot of like good, good <laughs> younger. That... Yeah, you, you had you had Angelina Jolie. You had Matthew Lillard. You had yeah. what was? No. There was one of the guys. The main I, guy, I, right? I, I have no idea what his name is, but. I yeah, I can't think right I now. I see his face. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck his name is. He was in Romeo and Juliet too, also, as well. Oh, was he? Yeah. Okay. He played, but uh, I think Balthazar. that was like Angelina Jolie's first movie as well. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was probably it was probably one of her first movies, and she still gets nude, like straight up, like she <laughs> she's topless in the movie. She doesn't give a fuck, man. Does not give a fuck. Decafs. <laughs> So this is your 7B, right? Scapegoat was? Yeah, Scapegoat's my 7B. Um, I think it's a political song making fun of like two-faced politicians. The first line's oh, pretty yeah. dope, yeah. though, I think. Uh, aftershave and smoke. That's that's what the line is. Like, mm-hmm. like they yeah, smoke, as in politicians, but hide it with aftershave because they, they're embarrassed and they're trying to deceive the public. Even though like smoking is a very normal thing in society and like millions of people on earth do it. And have been doing it forever, but it's it's uh, but it's true though. You, you can just never see politicians smoke, ever. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Except for Obama. Obama smoked. I liked smoke. Obama. Oh, okay, I did like Obama. <laughs> well, even as, even this whole as, first verse was as a person, very uh, as a person. Okay, only because of the Anthony Bourdain episode, I bet. Right? No, because he was the only president that would like sit in the fucking nosebleeds at like sporting events and like mm. shit talk with people and make fun of people's teams and then take it back. And there's this one March madness game that he, he sat in like the nosebleeds and he was like arguing with these kids and, and, and they were like, what, what, what team are you going for? And he told them, and they're like, that, that team's trash. And he's like, you're trash. I was like, Oh, that's cool, <laughs> man. Like, I like that. Like, don't, even though you're still spoon fed from a silver spoon, you have no idea what it's like to be a normal person. It's nice to see you try to be a normal person. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I dig that. Got to take the little wins sometimes. Well, Got to take the little ones. You know, he he. There's some like nature documentary on, I think Disney on Disney Plus, that just came out. He he narrates the whole thing. Like I, I watched the preview for it a couple of days ago, and I'm like, why does that voice sound so fucking familiar? I couldn't place it for like a good minute. I could not place it. He's got a good voice I, too. And then I looked it up, and it was it said Barack Obama. I'm like, what the fuck? I would never have expected him. His voice is very calming. It's it's very deliberate, and slow. He's got a good voice. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, he's he's a good reader. I mean, yeah, it, he does have a pretty soothing voice. I will I will agree with you on that. Yeah, but yeah, I just I just couldn't believe that fucking narrating a nature documentary. But you got to make some money somewhere. <laughs> you go from president of the United <laughs> States to narrating nature documentaries. Whatever, whatever. Uh, but the the this first verse in this song too. I mean, I think every line is good. I mean, after shave and smoke. And the same unfunny jokes. They say they'll take you anywhere but there. Believe every half-whispered, half-remembered lie. When truth is a luxury they can't afford to buy. Pretty hmm. good. Pretty good lyrics, I, I, I feel. One of the, some of the better ones on this uh, on this record. Yeah. But. And it's, yeah, it's I mean, cool I, I that think, the, the, I the, the album the ends though. from the same movie. It's got Pete from whatever, uh, Pete Postlewaith from the same movie brassed off. That we open mm-hmm. the album on, and now we're closing yeah. the album with the same quote, or not the same quote, but the same guy from the same movie, the same character. Yeah, yeah. But what the fuck does that matter? Good stuffs. <laughs> it's really good. I I just I very surprised at how good this record is. I I don't I don't get it. I don't understand. <sighs> I'm it shouldn't just so be this good. This it really way. shouldn't be. This I know. Good. I know. I know. Oh, let, let's jump into the, the album cover real quick, too, because this is one of the worst album covers ever. I fucking hate this cover. Always I, have. I like, I like a lot of these, these like, weird, like, negative tones. Much yeah, like yeah. I like the I like the colors of, what's that Sabbath record, that, that Born record? Oh, that, um, not Born that, Again. Is it Born Again? It's purple and red. Yeah, the Devil Baby. Yeah, yeah. I like the colors of that. I like the idea of it. I just think it was executed poorly. Same with this one. I like the colors. I like the idea of this. I just think it was executed poorly. Yeah, it's it's the album Born Again that you're talking about. Is it Born Again? Yeah, 1993. Yeah. I like those colors. My bad. I like that vibrant like red with like that rich purple. And this, I like Damn, that rich dude. green. <laughs> but it's just, yeah, it's kind of dumb. I'm looking at it again. I mean, it's... That album cover is just, it's horrendous. It matches like everything about this band, their name, who they were at this time, right? Because they're signed yeah. to a major label. And, they, and, and I mean, like none of their album covers are really great, except for Anarchy, which I think is one of like the greatest punk rock album covers of all time. <laughs> but Yeah, and it's it's funny because Anarchy, they, they said Anarchy, the, or the, the album, this album cover, is the sequel to that album cover in that this is just a this the baby on this cover is just a few months older than the baby on the anarchy cover. So I thought that was kinda clever. But this is so good, right? Like like you just got signed and they say, Okay, our album's done. Uh, have you guys chosen like an album cover yet? Yeah, here it is. And they look and they go, What the fuck is this? This is stupid. <laughs> but this is what we want. And that's why I like it. Yeah. It's like deliberately bad. Like they they they're deliberately trying to sabotage something by making it this awful. And I like that. Makes sense. They love to just fuck with everybody and themselves on top of it. Did you ever listen to that? Did you ever end up listening to that Black Sabbath record though? The Born Again one? I didn't know. No. I mean it has your boy on vocals, so I'm surprised you haven't listened to Who? it. Who? Ian Gillian from Deep Purple. Oh. I do like Ian Gillian. Don't get your hopes up. It's it's fine. <laughs> anyway, um, do we have anything left on scapegoat? 
Uh, no, that's it. That's it. Okay, so then what's your four B? Uh, Mary Mary was my four B. Okay, so my number four is the Good Ship Lifestyle. So, what is your five B? Do you know that song that the on the Good Ship Lollipop? It's a nice trip. Do you know that song? Uh, no. Maybe if I heard it, if I heard yeah. the actual song, it's a Shirley Temple song. But that's fine though. Okay, well, I mean, you know, as, as I watched some I Shirley Temple that's growing fine. up. You probably drink Shirley what? Temples at bars because you're a little cuck and you like to annoy the bartender, but that's fine. How can you um, not like a Shirley Temple? I actually, you know, actually a couple, well, oh God. yesterday my brother-in-law was making Shirley Temples with vodka in them and I had a sip and that was pretty damn good. Oh yeah. If, you, if you're having alcohol on any drink, then it's not annoying. But if you're, if you're just ordering <laughs> a Shirley Temple, the way I make Shirley Temples um, as yeah. a bartender is I do like Honestly, like 80% Sprite and then like fucking 20% grenadine syrup because it's going to be so syrupy, so disgusting that you will never ask for another one again. Because <laughs> it's just dumb. It's just dumb. But it's good though. Shirley Temples are good. Unless you're a kid. Well, because you're, you're adding sugar oh, to sugar. Get out of here. Yeah, If you're cares? a kid, I'll make it. If you're a grown ass adult, then you should be ordering a beer or something. Ah, who or get cares? the fuck out of here. Go home. Get over Order it. Water. Get over it. You eat, you eat a lot please. of like childish yeah, things anyway. You eat fucking cereal all the time. Love Talk cereal. about a childish food. Talk about a childish food. Get out Wait, of here. How is cereal, cereal childish? It's part of I, Wilbon's diet. Well, it's not. Not not the sugary shit that we all eat. No, it's not. <laughs> That's the only cereal. Get out of here. I don't eat none of that fucking <laughs> brand healthy shit. That's fucking nasty. <laughs> Why would you eat that? Garbage. I mean, I like I love Raisin Bran. It's so good. Of course you do, because you're fucking... Stupid. What? <laughs> so so get off your high horse. You know, Shirley Temples are fucking good. Even for Shirley adults. Temples, they're good. Fuck out of your Shirley Temples. I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna order a Shirley Temple next time I'm with you. Yeah, I'm tall I'm I'm, I'm, miss, I'm miss, you murder that bitch with fucking grenadine so he never orders one again. <laughs> Give him diabetes now. Oh god. Alright, so then what's uh what's your five B then? Or no, my yeah, five B. Oh, drip, 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 drip. Let's get into that. That that is not a B for me. Wow. So what do you got on this one? Wow. I uh, I think wow. this song layers nicely. Like the horn sounds great, it's subtle. It's there. This synth reminds me of of eighties new wave though, like Cindy Lauper style, but it matches the aesthetics, okay. so I don't mind it. And then again, like the second verse here adds in the electric guitar for just another layer. I like the vocal pattern, good storytelling, subtle melody, but like the ending of this one has two different parts and like the first is kind of in theme or kind of in theme with the first ending and like the jazzy big band sounding second ending. I really like that. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of these, a lot of these outros are just dumb, unnecessary, but that like big band sounding ending, I really enjoyed. I really dicked. Okay. I, I get it. I think one thing that, that kind of makes the song, you know, a little bit lackluster is that it comes off of two huge songs being Tub Thumper and Amnesia. I mean yeah. the two catchiest songs on the record. And then you get this song, which is still a really good song, but it really it drops quickly with this what song, was, unfortunately. What was Amnesia as far as your bangers are listed? Oh, Amnesia was my uh my five B. Oh, Oh, I mean, I still, I, it, it's an absolute banger. 
I think it's one of the catchier songs on the record, but there's there's just better songs than that. Okay. Um. But yeah, drip drip drip. This drip, is a drip. Uh, drip drip drip. Do you, I hear I hear a lot of uh, Enya on this on this song. Okay, With I can a, see that. Kind of kind of that that ethereal kind of. Um, like synth going on, soundscapes with her vocals a little bit. She does it. They do it, or she or they, I don't know. They do it a bit on this record, but I feel like this is the song that they do it the most, which I like. It, it's cool. Yeah, um, we should do Enya sometime, especially uh, since okay. she like went into exile. You know, she hasn't. Sure. You know, yeah. Did you know that? I I did not know that, and nor do I know how many fucking albums she has. So I think she has like three records or something like that. Oh, I think that's after, not, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I think she did like a few records and then she went into like I think she was like um being stalked and like she was almost killed or she was attacked or something. So she like bought a castle in England or some shit like that. And she's lived in this like castle for the last fifteen years or something. And wow. she rarely comes out and she lives with a bunch of cats and shit. It's some crazy shit like that. But yeah, she, she completely just left show business it's pretty crazy wow good for her yeah good but that enya record man that that thing was that was huge i don't know what 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 else do do we want to play it no i mean i I only i only have one more banger well what's your other banger it's just outsider it's my 6b i feel like we're i feel like we're flying through this record when we shouldn't be going this quickly there's it's because, like, lyrically, there's a lot here. Musically, there's not a lot. It's just really good, catchy, kind of, like, 90s techno meets, like, I don't know, what the f- all, all rock. <laughs> True, yeah. Especially Outside. Outsider is a, is a pretty repetitive song, too. Dude, but solid techno song. Day. That's all I want. Not a lot of fluff here. It's just a beat-driven, yeah. Europop-inspired song. That's all I want. Yeah. Good. Very, very much so. I mean the, the the verses have some bigger sounding guitars, but yeah, otherwise it's pretty uh pretty straightforward. But it's good. It is really good. It's it's actually I, I take it back. I have I have nine Bs, not eight. Wow. And Outsider is my nine B. So it's good stuff. What man. are your what so so what are your other Bs then? Because there's only like three songs left. Yeah, so I mean my Bs include obviously tub thumping, amnesia. <coughs> um Good Ship Lifestyle, and then Outsider, Creepy Crawling is my 8B, which we haven't talked about, um, which is cool because it has like that, that fast like spoken word that, that Dan Bird does on it, but then the chorus hits really big on it, and there's some added percussion, which they weirdly don't do a lot of, especially on this record, the added percussion to the that electronic beat, which is pretty cool, and that, that really kind of subtle guitar line in Creepy Crawling is really cool too. Otherwise, it's a pretty repetitive song, but it's a banger. Okay. I don't okay. Know. It, that yeah, that's not a banger for you, right? It's not, but like that little riff, that's like a little surf rock riff. That's that's cool shit. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I do like that a lot. It's good. Um, what else do I got? Mary, Mary, we talked about. Small town is my six B. Uh, this is just a very nine, another nineties techno beat. And it has that kind of ethereal synth and vocals added on top of it, but it's pretty straightforward and it's pretty ca- it, it is pretty catchy and it's it's like a pretty sounding song. So small town's a small town is a good song. Okay. And then I think 
The only other B, yeah, the only other B we didn't talk about was I Want More, the second to last song. So, and I I think maybe one reason why this song is not a banger for you because Danbert, he sounds like Gavin Rossdale from Bush. <laughs> and I know you fucking hate Bush. So, but when he when he's singing like when he's singing in those verses, it sounds just like him. Nobody likes Bush. <sighs> and that's that's true. <sighs> yeah, you're right. You're right. I don't know why I like some of their songs. I really you don't. don't. You, th- you think you do, but you you actually don't. But I listen to those some songs like consistently. Fuck I'm a little Gavin bit embarrassed. I'm a Oof. little bit embarrassed. Like how how did you? But mm, I don't know. I don't know, man. They, it's one of those bands I just don't know why I like their music, or at least some of their you music. You don't like I just their don't music. Get it. You think you do, but you don't. <sighs> but I do. There's some. I don't know. I have no excuse. I really have no excuse for why I like them. I can't even defend Bush. Plus, I won't even. I will. I will never give Gavin Rossdale any kind of credit whatsoever. I, I don't know the the ins and outs of the relationship, but oh, okay. y- you break Gwen's heart, you you you're dead <laughs> in my book. You're dead. Are you sure she didn't break his heart? I don't care. Gwen does. <laughs> Gwen can do no wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody uh, likes fucking Gwen Stefani. Everybody does. Everyone likes Bush. Everyone likes Bush. Get out of here. Yeah, I know. Nobody likes Bush. But uh, anyway, yeah, I don't know. That, that's kind of what what I got. That's all I got. It's, I mean, we touched upon most everything. But I don't know. What, what Do you have anything else in particular? No, I'm just kind of scrolling through my notes here. My notes notes. That's... Yeah, that's it. The, with all the big talking points. I mean, we've we've gone over what makes Chumbawamba so so iconic. It is their yeah. their anarcho punk thing, which I still don't understand quite. I mean, I didn't I didn't read too much about it, but I still don't quite understand what that that definition is. Is that a sound or is that a like a stance? Because Chumbawamba does not sound like fucking crass. Like the no. only other band I think that sounds similar to 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 Chumbawamba is like they might be giants. They might be giants does a lot of these same things, mm. but they might be giants. Uh, I mean, I haven't I haven't listened to all their albums either. They have fucking a ton of albums, but they they do have a, like a lot of more aggressive kind of like fast tempoed punk songs. Okay, that's I the only it's... band that's that's similar though. I think really the only reason why they're called punk is because they play a little bit faster than most rock acts and because their lyrics their lyrics are more punk driven more anti-establishment but really that's it i I mean otherwise i don't think they're the punkest band really at all but but they're like equivalent to i don't know blondie musically sometimes maybe i don't know okay I that that's just something I pulled off pulled out, pulled out of my ass I don't know, but anyway, uh, so let's wrap it up because I think I don't know I think we're pretty good pretty good talking yeah. about this it, it I feel like this is a band that's hard to explain until you listen to them because they're they are more complex than you can really talk about so yes I don't know, I just think people should listen to this record and some of their earlier records honestly because there's some fucking good shit there. Dude, it sounds like you're in the middle of your wrap-up. Let's hear it. Yeah, I guess this is my wrap-up. Yeah, so Chumbawamba, I, I was I was blown, I was was blown, kind of blown away by their earlier stuff. Their first few records, this record, 
some of the records around this era in the mid 90s fucking solid shit obviously they have some garbage in the later years but we talked about that in the album rankings but i do like their lyrics a lot for the most part i, I like the kind of anti-establishment thing that they're doing and how consistent they were with their stance um on society and everything like that i think that's rad musically i think this is this is a little bit more straightforward than than several of the records that they had done they really only kind of dove into the electronic stuff a little bit of punk stuff here some industrial but otherwise yeah that that was pretty much it genre wise on this record but honestly i'd recommend people listen to their first couple records and uh the record after this and anarchy solid record too but yeah i was i was really really pleasantly surprised with this week and this listen through and like i said man i did not want to do this i did not want to do this <laughs> but i'm happy i did i'm i'm happy i did so with that being said i'm gonna have i'll give this record a 2.5 out of three out of our world famous three-point rating wow. system where three is a perfect album two is a good album you're going to continue continue to listen to one is a bad album give it a shot and zero is the worst thing you've ever heard I'll give this a 2.5 out of 3. Because it's definitely not perfect. Far from perfect. But there's some great shit on here. Really great shit. So, I get it on vinyl. I would buy this on vinyl. Wow. So what is your, uh, what's, what's <laughs> your... What are your final thoughts and what's your rating on this record? Who would have thought? We'd even be doing Chumbawamba here. Who'd even <laughs> thought that we'd like, like the Chumbawambas? No. They're a fucking joke band, right? This is a joke band. Like this is a, this uh. is the band that did tub thumping, and tub thumping's a, a jock jam. It's a joke song. Jock it's jam. incredible. It's incredible how how much like we missed the mark on on Chumbawamba, and like I agree, like we didn't want to do this because our 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 knowledge is based around just tub thumping, which yeah. is a great song. It's fantastic. And this week has been me appreciate it and like it more than ever. But I just, I can't even imagine a world that I live in where I just, I was so, I was so misled by a band. I don't think I've ever been this misled ever in my life than I was by Chubbawamba. <laughs> and I like it. It's cool. I dig it. Yeah. And that's why we do this is so we can get into things that just fucking like blow our minds. Because these guys like blew my mind. I cannot believe how like folk they were and continue to be throughout the years and it's how like mm-hmm. embedded in, in controversy and politics and societal issues i i i like it i respect all of it i think it's great um this is not a perfect album for sure not like you said not even close there's a lot of there's a lot of things wrong there's a lot of things that sound the same um i think 2.5 may even be a little a little a little high a little high Oof. a little high because maybe I'm on a high, I don't know. I think I think it's great. I think this is a fantastic album. I would buy this on the vinyls, yes, for numerous reasons. Um, but I think I think I do like two point two five, maybe two point three. Okay. I don't think I go higher than that. Okay, I feel like I need to. I think I need to listen to this more. I think I would still keep it at a two point five, but I feel like I need to listen to it more to really kind of get into the nitty gritty of it. Yeah. Um. Much like I, I think I need to get more into the first two records because I really, really love those first two records. They are really fucking awesome. Yeah. But I know I need to dive deeper into those two. And uh, yeah, man, there there's some good stuff here. 
some good stuff in their their catalog. So I'm pleasantly surprised. This isn't like the Poison Week, which was just horrendous. I but, was also, um, I would like that week. I was surprised by how bad everything was. This is like the opposite of what's happening there. And that was like six records. <laughs> yeah, it was all it was all bad. We I think did we rated 14. like the Poison album like a fucking what like a one point two five or something. I think we yeah I think that was I think we did a one point two five yeah, just to be generous, just to be nice. But yeah, that record. Yeah, that was a terrible record. We do talk about that record a lot. Because how that bad? Was, one of the worst ones we've ever was, done. That was so terrible. All right, all right. So that that's all I got. You have anything else on this one, or or what do you what do you think? That's it. That's all. And uh, I will say that I don't think Tub Thumper has ever been pressed to vinyl. What seriously? Yeah. Oh shit! I didn't even I didn't look up any of the stuff on vinyl yet. I usually do that after after we pod, but and I'm looking at it right now. This has never been pressed to vinyl. Wow, that's crazy. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Wow, EMI probably could have made a ton of money off of it, too. I, I can't believe they didn't press it. Fucking idiots. Dang. Okay, well, I guess we won't be getting this on vinyl. So. Not yet. It's not in the foreseeable future here. Yeah. All right, well, thank you all for listening. Uh, tell all your friends, because we're the best podcast ever. Give us five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And uh, that's it. That's all. The music. Magic. Anyway, I, yeah, it's not Bruce. I just know that in, in Phantom of the Opera, he, he note matches like the melody that and he sings like that and it's kind of goofy. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, so dumb. Like, like, why did you have to say anything? You couldn't just shut the fuck up and let the bass and guitar like <laughs> noodle around? Because they're like one of the greatest bands of all time. I'm excited to pretend like I'm not excited, but in actuality, I'm excited. I know you are, you fucking idiot. It's just like Angel and Airwaves <laughs> all over again. This is Angel and Airwaves all over again. You're going to talk shit all the time and you're like, but then still be fucking excited and totally stoked when we talk about it on the pod. And like secretly so pre-order the vinyl and not tell anybody and then yeah. send a surprise pic. Look what I just got today. <laughs>